You have now tapped in with the introspective father and son duo. Last name may be strange, but never strangers to the game. Adjust the listening devices and keep it live. Yeah, 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 yeah. Ay, coming in, yeah. Flex, I just wanna win, yeah. LABB, who we running with, yeah. 233, Hello and welcome to another installment of No Strangers to the Game. Uh, today we're going to be discussing mine and my father's upbringing and their similarities and differences. Uh, if for those of you who do not know, I was me and my father were both raised in the same area, uh, a small valley in Southern California called the Coachella Valley, uh, specifically Indio, a small city in the valley, um, and so. Today we're going to be talking about the similarities and differences in the way we were raised because obviously a different relation of time. Um, so same area, but a very different time frame. Um, so to jump right into it today, I wanted to ask you, what's your most memorable childhood experience growing up, you know, where we did? For me, the most memorable experience or experiences was the time being around family, particularly in the summers when we would go to the park, we would go out to Lake Kawea and we would all be together um, you know, from grandmothers down to, you know, infants and everywhere in between. We would be out playing volleyball, we'd be swimming, playing baseball, basketball, we'd have the music playing. And that's why, you know, when you hear me playing Earth, Wind and Fire and all those old school uh, songs in those groups, that's what it puts me in the frame of mind of, of those experiences and the nostalgia of being around family and that music was, at that time, it just put you in a mood. You felt like everything was good, you know? <laughs> and, uh, and I feel that way now when I turn that music on. If I come home, I'm in a certain mood, I put the music on and it instantly trans changes my mood. It instantly put me in a state of mind of peace and calm and resolve. And so um, those are the most memorable moments is being with family, and those interactions and seeing them playing cards and dominoes and laughing and joking and just, you know, hanging around and just, you know, having that experience. How about you? Yeah, a couple similarities actually I wanted to draw real quick to yours. Lake Kawea has a very different feel for me. <laughs> lake Kawea <laughs> is a lake where we live. Um, you can fish, swim, you know, kayak or rowboat, whatever. Um, and all of those things that he spoke of. But for some reason, when we, when I was growing up, all we did was fish there and we never caught anything. So my <laughs> memories of Lake Kui are a bit different. I guess it's still good times because I was fishing with family or what have you, but man, it was just sometimes frustrating. So I think that's a funny difference. Maybe it's changed since, you know, you were growing up. Uh, but also in the, in the music, I think it's funny because it has the same effect on me. And that's, I think that's most likely because like you said, you come home and you play it and then that gets you in a good mood. And now I'm like, okay, well, everything's fine. You know, ever since I was a kid, that music almost signified like, oh, good times, relaxed or whatever. Like you said, just calming, you know, feel to it. And so it's kind of represented the same thing to me. I don't play it. I guess I don't play it on my own. You know what I mean? I don't walk into my apartment here and turn on some earth, wind and fire. But I think there is, I have, and it's funny because I think that musical influence that you had or that I had growing up from you is present in the music that I listen to today. If, and I think you've noticed that too, is, is a lot of the same feel to it in the music that I listen to today. But um, no, for me, my most memorable childhood experience is really similar to yours actually too. Um, it's, it's, it involves family and it really goes back to, I think, spending time with my cousins. Because we had 
you had siblings and cousins you grew up with. They all had kids. And so we're barely around the same age. Um, so me and my cousins and my older sister, we all spent a lot of time at my grandma's house, your mother's house. Uh, we call her Nan. Um, and so we all grew up going there. She lived, you know, down the street from the Boys and Girls Club. We'd all walk to the Boys and Girls Club and spend time there together. So that's probably my most memorable and fun child experience is just being around all my cousins and kids my age, so to speak, um, and just having a good time doing whatever. And, you know, Nan would have people over and it would be kind of the same feel. She'd play her Al Green. She loved <laughs> Al Green. Um, and it kind of had that same feel to it. There was food, family, and music. And that was really, so it's kind of the same experience and that's the most memorable thing about growing up where we did. And I think that leads to my next point of where we grew up, it's a very small town feel. It's not like a huge city or anything. And because we've been, our, our family's been there for you know a few generations now, we have a, a, you know, a big group of us there, a big family group. Um, and so I think it is a bit different than when you grew up because you guys were all really almost on one street. You know what I mean? Everybody was on that one street. But we were on the whole neighborhood. It wasn't a street. <laughs> I mean, literally, the, the neighborhood, Nairobi, where I grew up, um, it was named, had, the streets were named after African countries. Yeah. I don't know if that was done intentionally by us or somebody <laughs> else who thought it would be funny. We had three streets in which the neighborhood existed of, and pretty much every street on every corner, I either had family, I had aunts and grandparents, cousins. So everywhere we went, it was family, yeah. you know, and friends. And it was just, you go out and it was like an extension of your own home. And that, that's what made it fun. It also made it to where you had to really make sure you went out there tripping and cutting up because the neighbor could get you, your aunt down the street could get you. And then once they call home to your mama, you know, she was going to get you. And so it kept us in line, held us accountable. And it, isn't, it wasn't like it is today where parents seem to be unwilling to allow other people to discipline their children. It was just like, you out in the street, you cutting up, that's where we're going to get you. And yeah. so if you're going to act up in the street, we're going to catch you in the street and we're going to eliminate some of that nonsense. And so when we decided we we're going to act up, we at least went away from the adults, <laughs> places where we thought nobody could see us doing the things that we shouldn't have been doing. Um, unlike today, you know, I see kids, they'll go and start cursing and talking real foul in front of adults and elderly people, which is, I find, finally um, disrespectful. Yeah. No, and that's one of the differences I wanted to talk about. So obviously, like I said, you grew up on really like one block, like you said, or one kind of neighborhood. Uh, but I grew up in, like I said, a small town. And so I felt like I had a lot of family around. You know, they may have been, you know, 10 minutes, you know, down, around the way or, you know, a different neighborhood across town or something. But it's not like we lived in such a big area that it wasn't hard to get to them. And in comparison to the kids that I grew up with, I felt like, I mean, I had family everywhere. Like they were all <laughs> over the place. I couldn't get away from them. And so it's a huge difference from the way you were because you literally couldn't get away from them. How do you think growing up the way you did and then it being a little different, but still somewhat, I think, around each other? How do you think, what do you think are some of those major differences that we kind of dealt with? Because I can't speak to your experience. I don't know what it was like to literally live with aunts, uncles, and family next door or right across the street or what have you but i still felt like i had family really close and you know nearby yeah the family aspect um like i said it felt comforting you felt a sense of uh security and safe um but you also knew that i couldn't go out here and start acting a fool 
because yeah. somebody was going to see me and if they didn't get me they was going to call my mama and that was going to be a problem you know because nan as you know her now she's really relaxed and laid back because <laughs> nan used to catch us in the store and she wouldn't even have to look we'd be asking for something you know messing and touching stuff um that we weren't supposed to be touching and she wouldn't even have to turn around and look she just reach out and slap you and you just looking up and all of a sudden you catch attention and you was good for the rest of the day at least for the rest of the time in the store whereas i've had many times just get caught you know minding my business thinking that okay i'm touching stuff and she already told us before we get in the store don't ask for nothing don't touch nothing and we get in there and we do just the opposite and it never failed we would get slapped me and my sister serena um we were you know within 11 months apart and so we were pretty close and uh, uh we we got we had a lot of times where we got into some stuff um but it was great man i i love growing up in the childhood the only thing i would change is if i had a little more to do in in the space that we were in i mean i love being around family and doing the things that we did we went out in the desert shot bb guns and threw rocks at each other rode bikes played football we would ride across town because at that time it seemed a little it was a lot more safe we didn't have a lot of the stuff that's happening now where we're a little uh un uncomfortable allowing our children to go out and do those things so for me i had a blast it was very fun and creative and you know if i could do it again i, I don't think i would change much other than just having a little more places or things that we had out here to do yeah so I think the one thing I would change is I would have like I would have liked our like I said that cousin group that I had at a really young age probably up until around ten. I would have liked it to kind of continued as I got older, um, and I, I mean, obviously there was room for outside friends. I had you know the neighborhood that I grew up in was mainly Latinx community. It wasn't a ton of blacks. It was really one black kid that I knew, and even he left you know the neighborhood when I was probably went to middle school. And so I didn't grow up that way. And it's tough to say I missed it because I never had it really. You know, I had one black kid, but it wasn't like I was just in a gang of, you know, of people who look like me, kids that were probably family related or at least knew their family. And we all just riding around having fun in the desert or whatever. I didn't have that. So I can't say I missed it. You know, I felt like I, you know, saw my cousins when I did, we had good times or what have you. But I do think that's one thing that I look back and I say, I wish that that had continued a little longer. Um, people kind of splintered off, got older, started doing their own thing, which is, you know, understandable and everything. But I just wish that we still found time to kind of come together and spend time together. Yeah. And another thing that we had that I think differs from from today is we didn't have the technology. We didn't have access to all that. I mean, I think when I was about nine or 10, Atari came out and you had Atari and it may have been two or three games and you could only play that so much. Yeah. And so um, cartoons came on eight in, eight in the morning and then about four or five in the afternoon and that was it. At 12 o'clock, the TV just shut down. You had the snow <laughs> on it and then you had those colored bars and sometimes you'd get the national anthem. That was a wrap. It wasn't no stand up all night watching TV. National so our, our fun had to be created in our minds we weren't being entertained. We were our own entertainment. And so it caused us to do things that I think led to us to be a little more independent at an earlier age because we would go out, we would set up 
football games, kickball games. Hey, we're going to go ride our bikes. So we'd have to go knock on each other's doors. We didn't have cell phones or to text somebody and say, hey, let's go play. You had to literally go knock on the door and say, hey, can, you know, Bobby come out and play? You know, and if Bobby was in trouble, his mom would say, no, nah, he can't come out and play. <laughs> and so you go to the next door and the next friend and then you get them all together and then we start playing. And another thing about that time, too, is that we learn how to resolve our own problems. I mean, we get out, we be hard and plan and we get into a fight. We scrap and, you know, 10 minutes later, we up and we back to friends like nothing happened. <laughs> Whereas I see today, you know, when kids get in the fight, you know, 10 minutes later, they may be all right, but the parents are involved and engaged and it becomes such a, something much bigger than it needed to be. Yeah. So it was a different time in terms of how we interacted and our parents allowed us to interact in that way and allowed us to solve our problems. They'd say, well, go outside and play. You figure it out. They didn't know I'm entertaining you. I'm at home or I got to go to work. I'm tired. I'm not here and I'm not your entertainment. Yeah. You will figure out how you're going to be entertained because if you come in here, you're going to do some cleaning up. You're going <laughs> to do some work. And we figured that out real quick. That ain't what we wanted to do. So yeah. we got out of the house and we played. <laughs> I think two things is one, when you talked about, you know, when kids back in your days, kids would, you know, get an argument, fight or whatever. And that was it. You know, you'd be fine 10 minutes later and nothing else was really thought of it. I think nowadays when we live so segmented, like I said, like if I got in a fight with a kid around the corner, you don't know his family, you don't know his parents. I think it may have been a little more tension. And I know you were raised different. So maybe, maybe not so much with you, but I'm just saying with kids today, it's like, you don't know the person who lives around the corner. If I know, you know, your mom and, and we're cool, whatever, and you kids get into a fight, y'all 10 years old, you know what I mean? I'm gonna just go talk to her, hey, they got into a fight, no problem, whatever. But if I don't know them, there's a lack of, I guess, connection there. And I can see where it causes tension in, you know, those you know families or those neighborhoods today, if something like that comes up. But two, also I wanted to get into the the technology and stuff because that's something I wasn't big on. I wasn't a huge video game kid or I did like watching TV. I was I was a big kid. I like to watch TV. God, it was just it was I guess simple so to speak. But I think that made it almost a little tougher for me because I didn't wasn't huge on video games and that's something that so many boys my age wanted to do at that time. Um, and I was just like, eh, I guess, you know what I mean? I, maybe a few games an hour. And I was like, all right, I'm kind of done with this. So that made it a little difficult for me, I think, to find people to play with, you know, constantly or, you know, day in and day out because they always wanted to do that. And I was like, all right, well, y'all can go over there and do that. I'll go back to my house, I guess. And when I got home, it was like, well, what else is there to do but watch TV or relax? So it made it a little difficult, I think. Because I don't yeah. know, I mean, growing up, I was a pretty outdoorsy kid. I liked being outside. I liked, you know, climbing trees, doing stuff like that. But, you know, you can only do so much alone. You know what I mean? Yeah, I noticed as a, uh, a young kid, you had different interests. Um, you seemed to be more introspective. Uh, you were able to hold pretty in-depth conversation. And I could see that sometimes when you were playing with some of the uh, other kids, you would kind of lose interest because you just seem to be, you know, had another thought process, a little more advanced and not saying you weren't a kid, but I can just tell at an early age, you kind of thought ahead and you began to look at things from a different perspective, which was always cool. I remember at a, as a little kid, I would sometimes take you some meetings and places that I would go. And 
I often would ask you after, you know, we left and, you know, start asking you questions, you know, what do you think about this? What do you think about this person? And you were able to, you know, explain what you saw. You could describe the persons, their mannerisms, and, you know, all these different things and their characteristics. And I was like, wow, I didn't even notice that. So um, I could see where at times you were in a space where you were too young to be with the older group, but kind of a little more advanced to be with some of the kids your age. And um, you kind of developed uh, a sense of gravitating to certain kids. You didn't have a lot of people that you hung out with. Yeah. And um, you still do that now to where certain people that you click with, certain people you know you'll, you'll, you'll associate with, but you know, it's certain few people that, you know, these are your people when you, you hang with them tough and you keep in touch with them. So uh, I always found that pretty interesting about you. Yeah, no, I keep my circle tight. That's for sure. <laughs> Ever since I was a kid, apparently. I think that's something I didn't notice about myself as a kid because like I said, I was just a kid. I think there were times where I, I knew there were certain kids where I was like, all right, you know what I mean? This dude, I don't know what he talking about. <laughs> I don't be over here. But I, I, for the most part, I felt like I was just, there were certain people that I was, I was cool spending time with. Certain people I was like, eh, whatever, so to speak. But um, that leads me to my next question, which is like, what, growing up where we grew up and things like that, what would you say was your biggest life lesson you took from, you know, the time you spent or just your childhood and growing up there in general? My big life lesson was really to learn how to interact with a diverse group of people. And that largely came from, the boys and girls club at the time it was called the boys club so the girls weren't really allowed to come so um during that time it was to where you would come to the club and you had anyone from seven years old to 17 18 and it wasn't divided the way it is today where you have the teen center and then you have the areas where the, the smaller you play and you know do their thing it was just all you played in the game room with the older children or youth, you went into the gym, you played basketball, dodgeball, you know, one-step murder ball. You did all that, you know, and if you could hang, you go out and play. If you could, you find your spot, you know, away from the older kids. And yeah. so I learned how to navigate. And when I saw people that looking like they had my best interest at heart, you know, I knew how to maneuver and, and stay away from them. And so uh, my first day at the club, I remember vividly, it was Peppy, Big Pep. Uh, I love Pep, but you know, you coming in, you naive, I'm seven, eight, and you know, he come in, hey man, you got a quarter? Yeah, I'm thinking, oh, I got a quarter, I give him a quarter, and I'm thinking, you know, he gonna give my quarter back. <laughs> I still ain't got that quarter. <laughs> so uh, I begin to learn that when I go in there and I ain't big enough to fight some of these dudes, I would put my money in my socks, I would keep everything to where I was like, when they come, nah, I ain't got nothing, because <laughs> you know, they'll pat you down and they'll, they'll they wouldn't, they wouldn't harass you, but they wouldn't allow anybody else to harass you. So yeah. it was one of those weird relationships where you were like, you know, these are my friends, but they're going to shake me down, but they're not going to let nobody else shake me down. Yeah. So um, that's where some of my big life lessons is to learn how to interact with people from all, you know, backgrounds. And if you see some of my friends now, you got some from the corporate world down to you like, dad, you know this guy? <laughs> <laughs> it's interesting you brought up the club because the, Obviously, we both went to the club. I mean, like you said, it was a lot different when you went. It was no girls. Um, and it was obviously a long time ago. But my my experience with the club was different. I went when I was younger. 
And I think I had a good time with, like I said, my cousins. We'd walk from my grandma's to the club. And I was really young, but like I said, when we, and I got to around 10 or 11-ish, that kind of dispersed. The older kids stopped going to the club and some of my other cousins didn't. So I was like, eh, I'm not too interested in the club no more. But then I, when I got into high school, I had to do volunteer work. And so I decided to go to the club and I ended up going back after my freshman year of college and I worked at the club that summer. So my experience I think was a little different, but it's also the same because you worked at the club as you were a teenager, right? Yeah. So I looked at it differently. I saw those kids doing what you were doing, learning how to navigate life or you know these relationships with other kids from all different backgrounds. And it was an interesting perspective. I think I got my experience of learning how to navigate life and um, you know deal with people from different backgrounds from school like you know most kids do but I went through my schooling was so different because I went to different areas for school so to speak and I was really young and I was going to preschool at what was it Wonderland Angel in what, what city was it Compton California Com <laughs> so you know obviously an extremely different crowd there <laughs> uh, different kids different teachers I think and it's funny because I think that's the only time I've ever had a black teacher was uh -huh. I mean preschool I don't know if you really call him a teacher it was really babysitting but <laughs> that was the only time I had a teacher who looked like me. And like you said, they treated us different. It was almost like that auntie who could kind of slap you upside your head and really keep you in line. You know what I mean? And so that was a different experience. And then I came back and going to kindergarten, you know, all of my teachers were different uh, backgrounds and, you know, obviously a different crowd of kids because we moved from LA to the Coachella Valley, which is mostly Latinx community. So it was, it was a big difference. And so then uh, middle school and elementary school were, you know, kind of the same. But then high school, I go to Xavier College Prep, which is a, you know, Jesuit Catholic high school. Uh, I think the, you know, the 1% in the Valley, so to speak, that's where they went. You know what I mean? You had the rich kids. That's where they was at. And so I got so many different backgrounds growing up. I think that really prepared me for all, to interact with all kind of walks of life. So, yeah. No, that's, that, that was the experience I... I often thought about raising you guys up out here, um, even though the black community was a small portion of the population when I grew up, you know, we stayed in the same neighborhood. So we was always in contact, even though we went out to school and we were often, you know, one or two of us in a classroom. So we were isolated in certain instances, but when we came back to the neighborhood, you know, we were all, you know, able to see each other and reconnect. And so that kept to me some semblance of being a part of your culture and not feeling so isolated, um, which today I see differently with your younger sister and even with you guys being in a, in a neighborhood where, you know, with few kids uh, that look like you, few black families. Um, we still had a few cousins and, and people in the area, but having that immersion and being you know doused with hey these is my family these is my people so when i go outside you know there's that connection and but i think in general today um neighborhoods are not like they used to be where yeah. you know kids don't really go outside and play regardless of their you know cultural background their nationality or racial uh makeup it's just that you know more into the technology more inside and so it just it's a different feel and so i always say and i and maybe just me being nostalgic kind of feel sorry for this generation because some of the experiences i had were really cool yeah. and i always think man i wish you know these kids could experience some of those things 
um, that I experienced. And I think it's interesting because I think that's what got people in neighborhoods to kind of come together really back in the day. If you weren't related to the people in your neighborhood, you guys' dynamic was different. But in neighborhoods across America, it was, hey, my kid and your kid are kind of the same age. Let's have them play together. And now I'm getting a relationship with, you know, the mom or and the, the people next door or down the street because our kids are playing together and stuff like that. Whereas now so many kids are in the house. I don't really have a reason to go talk to you know, Joe Smo down the street. And not to mention your your generation is getting sucked into the the, the technology a little bit too. Y'all, you know, y'all like to talk about us, but y'all definitely getting good on the, the phones and Facebook and I don't see y'all interacting as much in person in person anyway. So it's just a I guess the day and age we live in now is things are changing. And that's kind of the way it's going. So Yeah, it's it's definitely a change. I wanted to talk about, um, and I think I've always thought this was so interesting growing up and it was a really weird dynamic. And I, I always, I wanted to ask you, it's like, so you growing up, you didn't have a really a father in the household. Um, your dad, I don't know, I'll let you tell more about him. <laughs> I don't know, that's the thing, I don't know anything about him. I, you know, he lives really where we live, I guess. Right. I don't see him very much. I'll see him walking down the street and I don't, I've never really spoken to him. But it was always interesting to me when I when I first realized growing up, like, man, my father didn't really have a father. But yet I feel like he's doing such a great job raising me. I was like, how is he, where did he get this from? Like, how does you know how to raise somebody as a father if you didn't have that, you know, role model as, as you were growing up? I was, I've always been interested in wanting to ask that. Well, for me, I just kind of applied the things that I wish I would have. So if I had a dad, I wish we could have done this. I wish we would have had these type of discussions and these type of interactions. So I always wanted to, you know, do the things that I wanted, you know, yeah. would have expected from my father. Having a conversation, literally, I think if I was to count in hours, the amount of conversations I had with my dad, it would probably be under an hour. I mean, it's a high, I would go, I'd see him because he stayed with my grandmother and I was always at her house. So I see him, I knew who he was, but it was, it was a weird dynamic because I knew it was my father. He knew I was his child, but there was no real interaction. <laughs> uh. You know, I remember though vividly when I was about three, I was pretty young and he would take us out, him and uh, my sister, Serena, and we would go to, um, to the store. And I remember one time vividly, and Serena and I still talk about this. We went into the store and we went and said, hey, I want to get this, this, and this. He said, yeah, grab it. So, so we went, we picked up what we were going to get, some chips or whatever it is. <laughs> and we started walking out of the store. And you know, we three and, three and four years old. We like, hey, ain't you going to pay for this? <laughs> he said, no, let's go. And so we just <laughs> kept walking out. <laughs> so I remember that experience vividly and the one time when we went on vacation, we were pretty young and he was there. But other than that, we didn't really have a whole lot of interactions. I mean, we knew who he was, we saw him, but it wasn't a whole lot of, you know, discussions and just talking the way we, you and I do. Yeah. And so I always wanted to have that relationship with not only my son, but with other males. Cause that was something that I saw as a, a and I didn't realize it till I got older but that was a, a void in my life um, to have a male figure that I could ask since to feel protected, to feel like, you know, somebody got my back. Yeah. Um, but my grandmothers and my mother, they did a great job of making sure that I had everything I needed. But that male presence, you know, was something that, you know, I lacked. I think 
you got it a little bit and it's in kind of spurts, I guess, in your life, really. I think when you talk about your interaction with Papa Andy, yeah, and Papa Lewis, and then taking mm-hmm. you fishing, camping, and doing they're your grandfathers, but you kind of had that, I guess, father-son relationship with them. And then when you talk about people that you met at the boys club, right? Um, the older staff, Grady, um, Dave. Yeah, so some of those people, I think you kind of got it, but it wasn't, obviously it wasn't in your home, so to speak. It wasn't, it was, it wasn't that I know that this is the person I can go to for anything. Yeah. Like for those people I can go to for certain things. And because my grandfather was a lot older and, and um, at that time I was a lot younger, so their energy level wasn't to mine. So um, our interactions were good, but it wasn't a lot of actions. Yeah. As far as activity, we go fishing, do something that was a little more slow and being a smaller kid, a younger kid, you know, I was kind of moving and bouncing around. So the age difference um, made it to where it was somewhat challenging, but I definitely revered them for being being there and showing me the things that they showed me. Cause my, uh, my Papa Andy was very old school, man. He had me yeah. out there building stuff and I'm scratching my head like, man, I don't want to do this. <laughs> you know, jacking up cars and changing oil and stuff like that, which as I got older, I appreciated. But as a young kid, I was like, man, I want to be running around and playing. I don't want to be jacking up this truck. And he had an old truck. I remember it was a Ford. It was old. It was so old that the truck, <laughs> the bottom of it, you could see the ground. So the floor <laughs> of the car, you could see the ground. And you know, we would go to the dump. I mean, he had he had us working. And we had a calf. And a calf? <laughs> a like baby a, a, calf. It was in the backyard. A cow. Cow, yeah. <laughs> and we would get up in the morning when I spent a night over there and we would uh, feed it. So we would create a <laughs> bottle. We put milk and oatmeal and stuff in it and we would feed it. And then all of a sudden the calf was gone. <laughs> and, and so, <laughs> you know, as a kid, I never thought about it. It was just one of those things you just kind of like, Oh, it's gone, you know. It's, I'd but, never you heard know, we probably story. ate that thing. <laughs> <laughs> I have never heard that story. Yeah, so. The reason I brought that up is because I think, obviously, in your generation, there, there was a lot of black kids who didn't have fathers in the home. You know, it was mothers and grandmothers really raising black kids, and especially young black males in your generation. And I think, I guess, I don't know the statistics on it or anything like that, but I think you see a lot of that carry over to the next generation where they're struggling right. to really you know, be good fathers, I think. And there's a disconnect because they didn't have that. But I will say I'm impressed with, I think, you and a few other people that you grew up with that kind of had the same situation as you. I think as well as y'all could have done, y'all have done a great job of being fathers despite have not having that role model in the home. So I guess I'm giving you some some props for that. Well, thank you, man. We, we tried. <laughs> we, we learned from the mistakes of our fathers. And uh, yeah, I think all of my friends, if I'm not mistaken, um, either have a good relationship with their children or they're married to the children's mother. Yeah. And so they're in the homes with their um, sons and daughters. So I, I often think about that. And we often sometimes talk about it. And it's like, wow, it's interesting that we grew up without our fathers being in the house, but we have uh, been able to make sure that we stay connected with our children. So um, that's an interesting thought, interesting dynamic. I want to end it with, I want you to give me a few simple experiences and people that you believe shaped your life. A few simple ones or stories or specific people and what they did to for you. And then I'll give mine as well. Well, I would say definitely one, my, my mom, 
yeah. mean, she was strict and um, she made sure I stayed in line. She was, she was the, she, she was, um, she was no joke. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and my two grandmothers, and my two grandmothers were very different, but very similar. Like on one hand, Momo, you know Momo, she was, she was rough with you. But she had a really big heart. I mean, yeah. I remember many times growing up having cousins and relatives and then sometimes people that I didn't even know that I was sharing a room with, you know, because she would let them come in. So as her sisters and other family members moved to the area, she would allow them to have a place to stay until they got themselves together and they moved out. Yeah. Um, so she had a big heart, but she was and she was no joke. She would get you. All of my friends, they were like, "Man, I'm not coming over to your house." Your grandma, nah, uh, she, I ain't playing with her. Uh, my other grandmother on my dad's side, he, she was very loving and affectionate, Granny Josie. Mm -hmm. And so you know, she that was the one I can kind of really talk to in a way that I didn't talk to with my mom and, and Momo. Although I know they love me and I know that they would do anything, Granny was the one I could like share certain things with. And, you know, she would be able to kind of have that conversation and the more of an affectionate relationship, so to speak. Um, those three were really the pillars in my life and kind of made me the person that I am. Um, the club itself, like I said earlier, allowed me to learn how to navigate through uh, different experiences, different individuals of different backgrounds. Um, but sports, sports was the one thing that really changed my life. It yeah. made me um, focus more. If it wasn't for sports, I wouldn't have had no interest in school. I went to school because my mom, and they, first of all, they made me go and I couldn't play sports if my grades weren't good. So I did well in school most of the time and when I had interest, but I always did enough to where I stayed out of trouble and I was able to play sports. So those are the things that really impacted me growing up and really shaped, you know, my worldview. And of course, family, just those experiences, being around family and friends, um, the music, and just the culture at that time to me was just so rich. And, you know, even today I feel that. And I, you know, reminisce on it and I want to build and replicate those communities um, that I grew up in. Obviously improving the economic, the socioeconomic conditions, but having that same kind of environment and feel to it. Yeah. For me, I'm trying to think. I mean, I, I think for me, the people, because like you said, I, I didn't have a real group of friends that I stuck with throughout my entire childhood, so to speak. There were people that came in and I, I rode with for, for a while. And then for whatever reason, they kind of were out the picture. Um, I think my family was the people that were really close to me because I was kind of all over the place. Even, you know, I went to the club and then I kind of didn't. So I didn't get any really strong relationships with the staff there. And so the only people that were really consistent, I guess, was my family in terms of you, mom, um, my older sister, and then when Malia came later. So those are the people that I feel like had the biggest influence on my life, along with my grandparents, aunts, uncles, and cousins. So really just my immediate family of the people. But I think one thing that we share in common is the sports aspect. Um, I love sports, it's, what, it's really what I wanna do with my life. And so I, that was the thing, and not that I not that I was in school for sports, cause y'all wasn't playing that. <laughs> I was gonna be in school and my grades was gonna be at least pretty good. But I definitely learned so much from sports. That's where I met most of the friends that, you know, at least I hung out with somewhat. 
Right. And you know, that's it's yeah, sports was the great equalizer for me in, in everything. So I think that's one common experience that we share and, and really really shaped who we are. So Yeah, and when I get, there's a couple more people that I think obviously my sisters, Serena and Larray, uh just in terms of growing up, Larray was a lot younger than us. It's kinda like you and Malia, where yeah. it was Serena the oldest and myself and then Larray was about nine, ten years younger than us. But we were always together, and man, we 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 had some really interesting times and some things that we did and got in trouble <laughs> for. So you know, they were very instrumental. And then as I got older in life, you know, your mother being a very instrumental figure, and I always tell her that because I'm an extreme person, and people don't realize that I'm either very mellow, laid back. But when I shift, that switch go off, I'm over 100 and nobody <laughs> understand how he got there. <laughs> so I always tell her that, you know, if I hadn't married her or we hadn't been together, I'd probably be either filthy rich or dead broke because I'm all in. <laughs> it's like, I'm going all in and we're going to see what happens. So yeah. she really kind of helped keep me balanced and, you know, kind of walking down that the middle of the lane. And, you know, she's always supported me in doing the different things that I do. Uh, as you know, I'm always trying to create, build, and you thinking know. of a master plan. <laughs> yeah, so you know, she's kind of like she gives that look when I come to her and say, "Hey, babe, I got this idea. This is what I want to do." She gives you that look that, <sighs> yeah, uh, yeah. What is this? <laughs> so <laughs> here we go again. <laughs> yeah. So, but she's always there, you know, support and and making sure she's holding down. So she's really in that regard been the backbone of our family and making sure things at home, you know, stay intact. And um, so those are the people in my life and obviously my kids. Yeah. No, I think this was a good discussion just to really break down the similarities and differences between your upbringing and my upbringing. And I think we have the unique situation of other families may not, I mean, there may be some, that, a lot that do across the country, but we grew up in the exact same area, realistically, the same exact city. So we saw a lot of the same things, but obviously it was so different because it was 30, 40 years apart. You know what I mean? Right. But to discuss the similarities and differences was, I, I think, a good conversation. So uh, with right. that being said, I, I appreciate everyone for tuning in to another episode and uh, stay tuned for the next one. All right. Peace. Keep getting up, laying down. <laughs> All right. Glad we could take a moment to put you up on game. The show is available every Sunday morning on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Spotify, and other platforms. Now you know. Peace.